You're listening to an all-new episode of Off the Rails with Sloppy Yellow. Views and opinions expressed here reflect hardcore fan perspectives and sometimes might be factual. Be advised, this podcast may contain adult language. Holy shit, Billy Bradley. Talladega is my favorite race of the year. A lot of people think it's that Daytona 500, Billy. A lot of people like that Bristol Night race. A lot of people like that... uh, that Martinsville race, buddy, but I'm going to tell you something right now. Talladega spring and Talladega fall are numbers one and number two on Dado's list of races of, of favorite of all time. Since the very first time I saw Talladega and I saw the big old crash them up and how fast they were going around there, I was like, that is my track. The first time I went to Talladega, Billy Bradley, is, a, is when you and I met. Um, maybe that's why I like it so much, Billy Bradley. I, I, you and I, uh, I actually, Rob, funny story. We actually had plans. To, yeah, here you go. You're going with <laughs> yeah, it. Funny story. <laughs> Billy and I were supposed to meet the day before, but um, old Billy got into the moonshine a little bit too early and was passed out before dark on Saturday, I believe. Isn't that right? Was you passed out before dark, Billy? Yeah. Yeah, it was after the, the bush race at that time. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was it was a rough day that day. That Billy and heat got to me. Yeah, I'm sure that's what the what it was, the Alabamian heat. But Billy Bradley, this race brought us everything we could have we could have wanted from a stand a fan standpoint. It was um, wrecks. There was strategy. There was you know manufacturers dictating what people did. There was people pissed off at each other. There was rule violations, or maybe there weren't rule violations. I, it had, I mean, it was just, Billy, it was a phenomenal race, tons of lead changes. If you don't like Talladega, your name is Jeff Gluck. Everybody else has got to love Talladega from a fan standpoint, Billy Bradley. But in your opinion, I, I've always, in my opinion, this race delivered 100%. Billy, does this race deliver, or are you upset with how, how it all played out? No, I, this was the most exciting race by far this year. And we've had a lot of good races this year, but Talladega Fall 2019 will stand out to me so far as the whole season comes up. That race was a phenomenal race from the start Sunday to the finish on Monday. It was a hell of a race. I absolutely loved it. Um, Billy, I I, I got... (laughs) We're going to bring Rob Lopes in here. Um... Because at the end of the race, when they started that last restart, old Dale Jr. said, hey, look out for Newman right there. Uh, this guy knows how to race. And then I was like, really? holy shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and 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 I was like, holy shit, look at Newman up there. This is okay, boys. This is going to be good. Billy, I was so goddamn excited. Literally, I was so excited thinking that this was going to happen that I stood up. I stood up and watched the last several laps. We all knew it was going to be something special. I stood up, watched the last few laps, and I was like, come on. I'm yelling at the screen like I'm watching the Kentucky Derby or something. And I, Rob Lokes, I, I know I know it's heartbreaking to get that close, that close, and to get shuffled out there at the end. But my godson, you guys gave the rocket man a rocket ship. The dude was patient; he knew what he needed to do. And I, man, I mean, just it took the seventh or the sixth or seventh closest finish in NASCAR history to determine that thing. What the hell? 
I, I, can you describe at all what you guys were feeling like there, watching that thing come to the end? Well, I'll tell you what. He he got up there and raced a little bit early, and he didn't like what he saw. Yeah. And he even said it. He goes, "I'm going to go hang out." He goes, "I'm not." He goes, "It's not looking good." And every time he seemed to say that over the radio, it wasn't long before something happened. <laughs> and a couple times it, we thought it was a little too close for comfort. And when we were working on some stuff, like we were having some radiator clogging issues, like we were getting stuff, sand was getting through our filters and shakers and all that sort of stuff. So we, we had some temperature issues. So Scott even asked him, he goes, you know, I'm debating on whether to bring you in or not. He goes, you know, you want track position? He goes, nope, don't need track position. He says, just make sure I'm right. So, and he said that a few times. I'm not worried about track position. And then what was it? Uh, eight to go when that red flag came out, I think it was. Yeah. He asked, he goes, how many laps left? He goes, it'll be eight to go. He goes, he goes, there's eight to go. He goes, well, I guess I better get going then, huh? And he was like, sure. And he did. Damn. And he saved our race car all day, drove really smart, you know, made sure he had something underneath of him at the end. The 11 car pushes to the front, and he had damage on the nose. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, he did what he could with the 12, and... You know, there's that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with the six, and I'll speak for the entire group, uh, I think it's safe to say that we would really have enjoyed that win. Yeah. But being up front and just watching our man do his thing was great. It was a shot in the arm for the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, it's a super speedway race. Um, yeah. But I'll tell you what, it's a heartbreaker when you lose that close. But it's nice to be in the conversation. Um, Rob, I, 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 to hear, and I didn't listen to to all the chatter, but I caught some of the chatter after the race with with Ryan Newman in the car and that sort of thing, and the confidence coming from that guy back there. Like, I mean, obviously he's he's been in the sport a long time. He's one of the the most experienced drivers there. And to hear him, just the way he talked about it, like, okay, it's almost like he sat down in his head and was writing out his plan and was just like, it's okay, we're just going to keep working this plan. There's no reason to get all out of shape here, lots of laps. And he knew, I mean, from racing up there in the front early, he knew what he needed to do to get up there and all that kind of stuff, which a veteran driver can do. And I was just like, it was so refreshing to to hear this play out to, to hear it and then watch it play out, I, it's one of the coolest things that uh, it's been a pleasure to be a part of of this six team this entire season. But yesterday or Sunday, excuse me, was really something magical. But I got to ask you about this yellow line rule, and, I, and I'm going to go straight with Billy Bradley first because Billy Bradley, I think, is going to blow a damn gasket. Billy, we saw what happened. Uh, we saw what happened Saturday with the yellow line rule. Right. Okay. Right. We've seen what happened to Regan Smith with the yellow line line rule. Here we come up. We see a driver go below the yellow line. He gets around on the apron. He comes out in front and he wins the race. Billy, I, is it, should they have given the the race to Ryan Newman or did, in your opinion, uh, Ryan Blaney 
skirt the rules, so to speak, enough to to make it that he's the winner? I mean, is is Ryan Blaney the winner in your book, or is Ryan Newman the winner in your book? Um, well, uh, I can't. We'll speak out both sides of my mouth. I watched it when I when the race first ended. I was pissed because I knew the twelve had went to blow the the yellow line, and the yeah. twelve did go. Whether the twelve was forced down or not, that if there's a penalty there if it's the twelve or if it's the six car for forcing him down. You know, yeah. NASCAR they got this big rule book that they go by, but it's a, a judgment call. The final the final say is a judgment call. Throw that yellow. I mean, how many wrecks were caused by that yellow line Monday? Not there was plenty of wrecks, and not one of them was caused by that damn yellow line. Yeah. It's either a rule, or it's not a rule, or you throw the damn thing out the window. You know, Tony Stewart pushed uh, Regan Smith all the way down, and they took the lead, the win away from Regan Smith several years ago. Yep. The truck race, yeah, he went down to blocky. But, you know, these are the best of the best drivers in the world. If they're worried about them wrecking above the yellow line, yeah. I just I don't I don't agree with the it being a rule period. Well, that's a good that's a good way to put that, Billy Bradley. Rob Lowe, do you wanna make any comments on that yellow line rule there that uh, Ryan Blaney got us all talking about? I think it was a good race to the finish. And I'm gonna take the high road here. Um, I have my opinions, and I know about going below the yellow line, being forced below the yellow line. I understand all that, and I know I do know where the six car was in relation to things. I know what happened from watching several different replays, mm-hmm. and we're going to take our second place finish and match Ryan Newman's best finish at Tasega, and we're going to move on to Kansas. And I think. That was probably the best way for me to handle this. Well, let me tell you my thoughts on this thing. If they put a curb down there, not one driver <laughs> would go over that yellow line. I mean, it's ridiculous to have a yellow line boat. rule and not put a, 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 what? Yeah, put a, uh, alligators in a moat down there on that on that yellow oh, line. A sand trap or something, uh, you know. Yeah, let's, anything. A Martinsville top curb. Well, yeah, water barrels. I don't give a shit what they do, but it's just like I, I put it to you like this. I've been in debates, uh, hundreds of debates, and laughing people who think it's Mexicans should uh, are breaking some crazy law by walking over an imaginary line. There's not even a line on the sand before they built any walls, and they walk over a line and they've committed some high treason crime because they walked over a line. And, and, and everybody gets all bent out of shape because a Mexican might walk across a damn imaginary line. Well, go to NASCAR. NASCAR has a line painted on the track. You're either over the line or you're not over the line. And I don't see how that can be a judgment call because here we are four days after the damn race, and we're still talking about it because it doesn't matter if you agree with the rule, don't agree with the rule, whatever. Ryan Blaney was below the yellow line. Was he forced? Who the hell knows? I mean, he, he yeah, may not have been forced. Play, all I'm going to say is this, and I don't mean to interrupt you, Dan. No, go ahead. You watch, you watch the replay, and definitely not forced. If you see the six actually moved up. Yep. Well, you, you, you even go further back before the pass for the lead. Like, there was a, a replay I watched, and, you know, Blaney was below the yellow line before – 
he actually got the lead below it. I mean, yeah. so there's two times there he was below the yellow line. I say this. If if Tony, what Tony Stewart did, um, if Tony Stewart, what Tony Stewart did was not forcing somebody down the line, then how the hell did Ryan Newman force anybody down the line, Billy Bradley? You you can't can have. Hold on. Can I can yeah. I interject one thing right now? And I'm sorry to talk yeah. over you. No, keep going. I just want to interrupt one thing. I'm going to give you a little bit of insider stuff mm-hmm. right here, and I'm just going to say it once. Yep. The 12 crossed the line. They were listed as the leader. Mm-hmm. Team communications, and you'll probably never hear this anywhere, but yep. the fact that we scan everybody. Mm-hmm. The driver of the 12 said, don't celebrate yet. <laughs> oh, I heard it on Blaney's podcast. He played his radio. He did? Yes, you can hear that on Glass Case uh, podcast. I'll be damned. Well, I, 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 this is my opinion on the thing. You either have the rule or you don't have the rule. I don't give a damn if they run each other in the grass if that's what they want to do. But if you can't go over that yellow line and you're there, hey, you know what the 12, the, the, the 12 job is, Billy Bradley, in my opinion? The 12 job is to put his left wheel on that damn yellow line, and if Ryan Newman comes down, Ryan Newman's going to get wrecked and wreck the entire field. That's the rule. Don't cross the damn yellow line. But don't if, cross the line. If, don't cross the line. It doesn't matter how you get down there. Don't cross the line. And it's just like, you know, they they haven't done it in a cup race. Uh, I'm not sure they've ever done it in a cup race, but they've black flagged some lower series, you know, cards for, you know, bump drafting or, or staying too engaged and all this kind of stuff. Well, it, yeah. it's, it seems to me like, like NASCAR likes to swallow the whistle, so to speak, when it comes well, to some on. of I these got... things. Let me ask you a serious question, and I'll tell you what I think. Has Ryan Blaney was in a must-win situation. He's yep. a playoff driver. Mm-hmm. If it's a different – if it's – well, we won't even go with Kyle Busch because he's in a playoff. Say it's Busher and Newman in that situation. Yep. And not a playoff driver because they don't want to make that call to hurt a playoff driver because Ryan That's Blaney right. doesn't win this race. He, he's got to go to Kansas and win. So yep. – I mean, is, does that play any part of it? Uh, this one will tell who you. Are you who are you asking? Who are you asking, or is that just a, like a question for the? That's just in Rob, what? I mean, would you want to answer it? I I would really rather not. <laughs> okay, well, I, I mean, because I me think I know it. your answer. It's the same as my. I would think. I mean, I, I don't see them calling it if it's not going. If it's a playoff driver, they're not going to to put theirself in that predicament to take Ryan Blaney out, to take that sponsor out of the race and out of the playoffs. Billy, I'm going to put it like this. I'm going to put it like this. It doesn't matter what would have happened. The fact of the matter is because of the way they did it, now it's open for debate. If they black flag Ryan Blaney immediately for going below the yellow line, nobody gives a shit about what would have happened if it would. But because they didn't, now NASCAR is open to uh, ridicule because of what ha- you had a non-playoff driver uh, uh, winning in front of a or, or, or coming in second because a playoff driver come underneath the line. So now all the, the black Huey helicopter, uh, tinfoil hat wearing people are going to say, well, this is rigged. I mean, they wanted Ryan Blaney to continue because uh, Penske pays a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. I mean, and you know what? 
because NASCAR can't be consistent with one simple damn rule. We all know where the yellow line is. They ain't moved it. It's always been in the same damn place because NASCAR can't make this a simple policy. Are you over the line? Yet check the box, yes or no. Now they're open and they're subject, and I believe rightfully so, for trying to make – and listen, all the talking heads on Sirius XM, I can hear Dave Moody right now chastising everybody oh, for yeah. a pass interference play or something like this. Well, this is racing, and this is out of bounds, and it's either out of bounds or it's not out of bounds. We see it in football, and I know this is not a stick and ball sport, but when on a, on a punt, if the, if the, the, the runner, uh, if the, the guy on the outside. out of bounds. Yeah. It doesn't matter if he's forced out, out or not. It's noted. Yeah. He can't test the ball first because he ran out of bounds. Whether he was pushed out or not, you don't run out of bounds when you're, when you're in the field of play. It should be no different. It should be that easy. We should be celebrating a Ryan Newman victory, in my opinion. I'm not saying that because Rob Lopes is here, quite frankly. Exactly. Uh, I mean, it would have been just as exciting, but that's, he went below the yellow line, yes? Yes, I agree. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter. If he's running, like you said, it's not a stick and ball sport. But if that guy's running the ball back for a touchdown and you shove him out of bounds, he's out of bounds where you push him at. If he doesn't break for a touchdown and get the points for it, he's out of bounds. That's right. Luke Data should stop scoring whoever went below that yellow line at the, that at that point. They should, should not get any more loops around there until they get back on but the serve penalty. I think NASCAR is going to be able to get out of this because, you know, you, you were right. They put themselves in a position now that, hey, we let a playoff driver keep a win that he shouldn't have. So I think the yellow line will be gone by 2021 because they they can't afford to do that another time. It's bad, Billy. It's bad for the sport. It's just it's not it good. Like I said, if they really cared about this thing and wanted to make it right – Put a fucking two-foot curb around that son of a bitch, and the people would only do it one time, and they would never touch that damn curb again. I promise you. Now, obviously, we don't want to you see a two-foot curb. You would curb do it one there, time but... because you'd be on the hook after that. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, I mean, that would you know, probably be like, extremely dangerous. It's kind of like that, that Daffy Duck cartoon where he fills himself up with nitro and TNT yeah. and then swallows a match, and he's like, man, that's yeah. a great trick. People want yeah. more. He goes, yeah, the thing is I can only do it once. <laughs> yeah, this is a one-time only trick. <laughs> That's yeah. exactly right. You curb uh, around Talladega, they're only going to go down there once. Yeah, one time is all it's going to take, and then that car will be demolished, and you'll start over again when you get back. But we got, so we, we're just talking about the internet race. we got to talk about all this stuff where all the Chevy drivers had a meeting to talk about the new Camaro coming out. Or the new Corvette coming out Corvette. is what Alex Bowman said. And Now, Billy, what is your stance on Manufacturer orders, Billy Bradley. You know, this goes all the way back to uh, what, 2015, 16, that Ford and Toyota have been working together for a lot longer than that. But, you know, I just really started paying attention to it in 15, 16, that, you know, Chevrolet was late to the damn ball game on this incident so why is everybody you know you were just talking about a few years ago that Chevrolet's not working together Chevrolet's not working together why why can't Chase Elliott be a good teammate and help his teammates 
then the Chevrolet, if I'm pumping in money to this sport and I'm the owner of Chevrolet, you damn right I'm going to get my guys together and say, hey, whatever you have to do to make sure a Chevrolet gets in victory lane, that's what you do. Yeah. Um, I, but but I, restricted plate racing. I don't mean to talk over you, Dan. Restricted plate is. racing is about the only type we can. It's about the only type of racing where you can put the manufacturers together and say, "Okay, guys, this is our plan." Right. And Billy hit and Billy hit the nail on the head with, "Listen, we want a Chevrolet in Victory Lane. Yeah. If you're pushing a Chevrolet, then you two duke it out. You guys go to the front, and you can go side by side, whatever it takes. But we want a Chevrolet to win." Ford does the same thing. Toyota does the same thing. And you could see by yep. drafting practice that the, that the manufacturers were together. Toyotas did their thing. Fords did their thing. Chevrolets did their thing. And even on pit stops, green flag pit stops, you could look at manufacturers were pitting on this lap. Chevrolets pitted on a lap. Fords pitted on a lap. Toyotas pitted on a lap. And, and we even missed one of our windows, our stops, because Ryan was on the top line and couldn't get down, and if he did, he was going to wreck somebody. Yeah. So we pitted out of sequence with the rest of the Fords, but you know what? That's part of the game, and you're not manipulating the race. You are using strategy. That is strategy. It's not manipulation. It's strategy. At the end of the race, you know, it's, it's every man for himself, but, you know, each manufacturer says, you know, I want a Toyota pushing a Toyota, a Chevrolet pushing a Chevrolet, you know, blah, 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 blah. They say all that stuff. But the thing of it is, at the end of the day, you are where you are. You're behind who you're behind. And it doesn't matter because when you're coming to the flag, you might be pushing a Ford. If you're a Chevrolet and you're pushing a Ford, yeah, push him out there and then leave him hanging or whatever it takes to win the race. Because... They ain't going to line up at the end and go, okay, hold on. We want a TV timeout so we can all get our manufacturers in line, and then we'll go three wide, and we'll see what happens. It doesn't work that way. Rob, let me add to what you just said right there. The 11 absolutely pushed Ryan Newman to the front because it helped the 11 out. He didn't give a shit that it was a Ford. He did it because he needed to get around the car that was in front of him, and then, hey, Denny Hamlin ended up coming in third. And and if he doesn't, that's exactly right. Because at the end of the day, it was finishing position. That's right. And there wasn't, there wasn't enough time to find a Chevy driver or a Toyota driver or whatever. At that point, you're just racing to get the damn victory. And I, I think it's absolutely asinine for anybody who's a damn race car fan to think that it's crazy that Chevrolet would tell their drivers, hey, we want you to push all your people. We don't. Tony Stewart several years ago laid in the back when he was racing for – I can't remember who the hell he was racing with, but it wasn't Joe Gibbs racing. But he 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 st- stayed back to help Denny Hamlin, who was in a Toyota, and and everybody and I was pissed. I was like, "What the hell is he doing? That's not even his own team. I mean, that's a whole other organization and all that kind of stuff." And and I people told me on on Twitter, "Well, you're not a racer. You don't understand." It doesn't matter if I'm a racer or not. What the hell is he going back there helping his friend for? He should be a you know his his organization first. Then his manufacturer second, and and go from there. But I don't care that Chevy come out and said because because here's the thing: we all have jobs for a living. Bill Bradley, you work in a damn plant. We you all know in there that without knowing, the boss notices who's coming back two minutes late from 
from break or this sort of thing. And he doesn't have to say, hey, if you come back from two minutes late. So when they have to cut somebody and they're going to be a layoff, who are they cutting first? They're probably cutting the guy back. It's a pain in the ass. Always coming back five minutes late for break, blah, 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 whatever. So if Chevy gets up there and says, hey, we're taking notice of what you're doing to the end of the race. I'm okay with that. I mean, I absolutely am okay with that because in the real workplace, that's what's going to happen. And, hey, at the end of the race, the 11 pushed a six out in front because the 11 needed to get around the cars in front of them, and it worked. What the hell? What's everybody upset about? And he, and he was damaged. He was damaged. That's right. His car, his car probably wouldn't have led very well, but it could push. Nope. And absolutely. Is, yeah, that's why I wasn't, worried noted. About, I wasn't worried about the 11 passing the six. Because I knew yeah. the 11, he, he was able to push, but if he got out in clean air, that damage was going to hold him back. So, And, you know, and Toyota didn't have too many cars left in the damn race for Hamlin to work with. And on the oh, last well, they, lap, they don't have many, they they don't have many to start. Keep, keep that in mind. They didn't have many to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah they yeah. had several yeah. eliminated. Yeah. Well, on that this last is, lap, it's all for all. Yeah, and, and nobody – listen, you can talk to your blue in the face about, you know, this isn't tandem drafting where Dale Jr. was hooked up with Jimmy Johnson and there was nothing else anybody could do. I mean, this is this ain't tandem drafting. So at the end of the race, you're you're going to do what you got to do, and that can't be dictated by anybody because the circumstances are – I mean, you're going at 200 miles an hour making – it's the last lap. You don't have any more. So I, I don't I, – everybody's getting all bent out of shape about a bunch of stuff that's silly to me. I mean – there's no, to me, friends, there's no friends on the last lap. There's no, no friends on the last lap. Hell no. And it's like I mean, the yellow line rule. Let's be honest. The, the yellow line rule should be an easy rule. You go over yes or no. Yes, okay, you're black flag. And at the end of the race, you do whatever you can do to put your team in a better position. fact of the matter is, Danny Hamlin picked up three spots by pushing the six to second place. Um, and as a matter of fact, if it wasn't for the yellow line rule, or if the yellow line rule would have been enforced, Yes or no, the 11 would have pushed the uh, the sink to victory and would have picked up a second place. And that's, I mean, the, Danny Hamill did exactly what he needed to do. And it doesn't matter if, if who was in front of him, that's what he was going to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, that's what that was the best thing for the 11. I love the race. I love the new garage area for the fans, Billy. I love the, wow. um, just, just, I actually, hey, can I. Can talk about that? Yeah, go ahead, Rob, because Billy and I didn't see it. Tell us about it. The garage, I'll tell you what, Talladega worked 24 hours a day from the first race to the second, and it wasn't thrown together. It was gorgeous. And the the thing about these new garage areas, when you incorporate fan zones and fan areas, it definitely expands things for the competitor as far as size because you basically have to put the fans in the middle. So, you know, so you got to push your car a little further or whatever. But it was extremely well done. Yeah. It is beautiful. There's plenty of room for everybody. And speaking of garage areas, we didn't touch on this last week, but we were in a new garage area, and I don't think many people knew about this. We were in a new garage area in Dover. New garages, new layout for the Cup Series, and they did a fantastic job. Cool. Very, very nice. Very That's well really done. Cool. Very smartly done. And Talladega... They worked 20, I heard they worked 24-7. They were working day and night doing all the construction, buildings. Uh, that Big Bill's Cafe or whatever they call it, that's yeah. right in the center, 
That place, I didn't get a chance to walk in there, but that place looked amazing from the outside looking in. I mean, amazing. I bet the fan experience was incredible as far as that goes. And something like that gives fan access to drivers and crews without having to have a hot pass. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. I really, really, really like the look of it. I see pictures of Dover and, and just completely forgot to mention it. It looked pretty pretty badass as well. The new Victory Lane was, was cool. This is all the same, man. Actually, some of my favorite, I mean, the least of, uh, not the least of which of my favorite part of Talladega, Billy, is the thread, the, the Twitter thread that Talladega Super Speedway puts out with all the carnage of, in, the, in, the, in the camping grounds with everything that's left behind and all that kind of stuff. It's <laughs> hilarious. Um, I love going through and seeing every. I mean, obviously, a very good time was had by all at at Talladega. And Billy, we got a point shake up here because, as you said, Blaney was kind of in a uh, Blaney was in a must win situation, but he gets a victory. He's already going on to the to round three, brother. He joins Kyle Larson as the only one um, cemented in. Although Hamlin, for all intents and purposes. He just basically has to start the race, and he's 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 gonna he's gonna be fine. Truex Jr. is is basically a lock, barring something horrible. Um, Kyle Busch is a lock. You gotta believe Kevin Harvick's gonna get in there. But now we get into Keselowski's plus twenty. Logano is plus eighteen. But looking here at the at out of it, Bowman, Elliott, Boyer, Byron, all four of those guys, Billy Bradley, in my opinion, Very have close. to get a victory. They they have to so get a victory. At, What's that? We're look, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt again. I'm no, just, go ahead. I'm 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 thinking as we go, and I'm really sorry about that. Uh, we're if I recall, we're looking at double everybody that's outside the the uh, round eight yep. is is double digits, right? Double digit that's points. That's right. Yep. Double digit points is a big deal. Yep. I mean, that is a big deal. And you're going to see all four of those drivers set on kill this weekend in Kansas. Yeah, it's going to be yeah, a victory or nothing. Because that, that's it. I agree. I agree with what you just said, Rob. But everybody keeps bringing up, uh, well, there's stage points. There's this many points they can can get. And yeah, You I can't get 18 stage points, though. Well, you can, but you've got to be up front. And then you still got to finish in a decent place. Yeah. Right, and do you not think those guys at in the the playoffs? I mean, unless they have a bad race, more than likely they're going to get stage points too. You're going to they're they're up there in the points for a reason. So, yes, I I, I think we are where we are. I mean, I don't see anybody making it in unless they win. Joey Logano or Brad Keselowski are going to have to blow an engine on lap two to be able to get knocked out of this race, and Bowman, Elliott, Boyer, or Byron are going to have to win stage one, stage two, and come in second to be even remotely close to getting up there. But, that I mean, those things are – now, they, any one of those guys can go out there and win. Uh, Bowman's got a mile-and-a-half victory. Elliott's got a mile-and-a-half victory. Boyer is – I mean, he's got one in his past, and Byron doesn't have a mile-and-a-half victory, but he sat on the pole – um, five times this year, he, he's probably going to be fast. And, and by the way, Chase Elliott won this race last fall. Don't forget that. Chase Elliott won the fall Kansas race um, uh, last year. So it, 
this is all to say, but you know, it, it, it's funny how things go. Bowman's up there at the front, right? Bowman, uh, I mean, I mean, HMS sits on the pole. Everything's going good. Man, you go from from he was in, by the way. He he was in the playoff up until he got wrecked out of it. And just, it was just, I mean, just over. Talladega's not a cutoff race. And I'm kind of happy about that, Billy, because now you better believe everybody in this – Everybody from Kevin Harvick's probably safe at plus 36, but Keselowski, Logano, Bowman, Boyer, uh, Elliott, and Byron, uh, four of those six guys have to win. Four of those six have to win. And um, Keselowski and Logano, they better get up on the chip. And what, how funny it is that you know Blaney was kind of ho-humming through this season, and all of a sudden now he's got a victory in the playoffs and, and guaranteed round three. That's why you have to watch week to week. Who knows? Who, know, who the hell knows what's going to happen? Um, uh, next week as we go to Kansas. But let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll come back with news, and we'll talk about Kansas. Y'all ready? Thank you for listening, and we hope you participate with us. Please help us out by rating and reviewing us on iTunes or Google Play, and visit our website, sloppyyellow.com, where you'll find information on being a Patreon and helping our charity, weareumatter.com. All right, Billy Bradley, a little bit of news. Your favorite dark horse driver, which, by the way, ran a hell of a race at Talladega uh, before he got cut up like um, 15 other cars did. But it uh, looks like JTG Doherty has signed Ricky Stenhouse Jr. to pilot the number 37 car next year, Billy Bradley. So essentially, as you told me off the air, basically they could have saved themselves a lot of trouble and just traded drivers and um, um, and, and done that. But it looks like um, – it, it, it looks like – what the hell was I getting ready to say? Oh, it looks like Daniel Hemrick is out. It looks like Daniel Hemrick is out, and, and that only leaves him – I mean, honestly, guys, that only leaves him uh, – I mean, if he can't find – man, if he can't find a, a, a job here somewhere um, – Wait, the only the only seat open is what, Reagan's seat? David Reagan's yeah. seat, is that correct? Yeah, David Reagan's, David Reagan's seat here. Um, but but what's, what, you know what's funny? Um, what's funny is I believe, I believe Daniel Hemrick, um, Daniel Hemrick and Ryan Priest and Ricky Stenhouse, no, Daniel Hemrick, oh my God, Daniel Hemrick and Ryan Priest are both part of KHI's agency. And wasn't Kevin Harvick out there kind of bad-mouthing Roush about what they did and all that kind of stuff? And um, and then Ricky Stenhouse Jr. gets the ride at JTG Doherty over top of Kevin Harvick's two drivers that he represents, Daniel Hamburg and Ryan Priest. That's a well. I, hold on, hold on. I think Stenhouse is part of the KHI group too, isn't he? No, I think I don't think he yeah. is. That's why. That's yeah, why I think it's so funny. Is. No. Oh wait, wait a minute. Oh, Priest or Stenhouse? Stenhouse. Stenhouse most definitely is. That's why Kevin Harvick made the comment that he did. Yeah, I don't mean Stenhouse you know, I'm, not to, I'm not trying to throw shade or start crap, but no, let's no, be honest, that was the whole reason, I, and I believe this, that was the whole reason why Kevin Harvick was even in the conversation to begin with is because in the grand scheme of things, what does Kevin Harvick care, you know, what another organization yeah. does with their driver when they make a driver change? There's been driver changes all over the place, and Kevin Harvick hasn't said a damn thing. Yeah, but Kevin, Kevin Harvick, Harvick has something I mean, to say about Ricky Stenhouse because it affects Kevin Harvick. And I guess. 
Yeah, I'm and, friends with Kevin. I've worked with Kevin before. Yep. But let's be honest. That's yeah. why it came up. No, here, here, here's how I got it wrong. I was confused. Ryan Priest and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. are clients of KHI. That's what yeah. it is. And, and Daniel Hemrick is not. And so it's now it certainly seems like, oh, Kevin Harvick was doing nothing but politicking in front of the camera when he was bashing Roush trying to get Ricky Stenhouse Jr. a ride, and it worked. He got signed by J.T. Doherty today. Hey, you know what? We had this conversation before. It's business. Yeah. It's business. It's business. Yeah. Um, okay. There's, the there's, only other thing. Two, there's two words. There's two words about what we do: entertainment and business. Yeah. We are in the entertainment industry, and we are a business, just <laughs> like right. every other professional sport. And that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. And the fact of the matter is, if I get Corey Lefoy stays at the 32. Um, I mean, Hemrick is going to have to go to, I mean, front row. I mean, maybe front row, or he's going to have to have a fin- Xfinity ride. But I think he's out. I think his rookie season, he's going to be going to be out, and I don't know what the hell's open for him at uh, in Xfinity. But this is all I say. Reggie Stenhouse Jr. has got a job. Daniel Hemrick does not, and there ain't a whole hell of a lot of rides left. I sure hope. JTG has plenty of cars left next year because <laughs> Ricky Shithouse is about to tear plenty of them up next year. Well, Billy, they're not going to have to worry about that car. They'll probably say, Ricky, brick every damn one of these things you want to because we can't drive some bitch in 2021 anyway. So, he may wreck 13 cars um, next year. But, Billy, we got one other piece of news here that Adam Stern reported. And I caught just a little bit earlier ago. I haven't haven't really got up on it, but apparently, you know, NASCAR is doing their their new sponsorship model where they're going to have three or four big sponsors. Uh, now there was a plane going on overhead. Sorry about that. But um, NASCAR is going to have three or four, you know, top tier sponsors. Geico, Geico is the first company to sign as a premier partner for the new sponsorship model. So. Um, and this is going to be, and I'm reading right from my Adam Stern's uh, tweet that I copied. It says, next year, 2020, will we'll mark the first time NASCAR hasn't had a title sponsor since 1971, and that's when the famed R.J. Reynolds came on board and we got the Winston Cup. So pretty big, pretty big Monster, thing. Monster's leading. Monster's done? No, Monster is going to, well, they, that, people in NASCAR seem to think that NASCAR, uh, Monster is going to stay on as one of their top tier partners, but it's not going to be the Monster Energy Cup Series any longer. It'll never be named after a after one of those things. It's going to be the um, the the NASCAR Cup Series Championship, and they're going to have three or four top tier sponsors. Monster is hopefully going to be one, but Geico is the first one to sign up. They need three or four of them to to make it work because not one company is going to give them the money that they need to do it. So they're going to have a top tier, right. a middle tier, and a lower tier. And so lower. Geico's the first, Billy Bradley, and, and that's a pretty big wow. – I didn't see Geico doing this, to be honest with you. I mean, they've had a big – you know, they've sponsored a car for a long time, and we've we've seen the caveman commercials forever. But, you know, all of a sudden, now they're, a, they're going to be one of the premier partners here, which is kind of cool. I'm glad to see her staying in the sport. Um, and, uh, and they're going to have a bigger presence at the track, I guess. And, and let's remind everybody, the reason why they're going to this model is when Monster took over, 
um, from Sprint, Monster was like, hey, um, you guys have 22 tracks, and I have to do a separate deal. I, I'm, the, I'm the title sponsor for the series, and when I go to Texas Motor Speedway, i got to make a deal with those guys so I can put my banner up at their damn track. Why the hell is that? When I go to Kansas, I gotta put, I gotta make a deal with those guys and put my, which doesn't make any sense, right? And the fact of the matter is, when there was all this big money thrown around there, you know, it, it, it didn't. R.J. Reynolds tobacco Sprint took over. Well, now the money's getting tight. And you know what? It was dumb. And, and the new company coming in is like, I'm not gonna do 22 different deals plus have to to get sponsorships rights to at a track when I'm, my name's on the trophy. And this is, I mean, NBA has gone this way. Uh, soccer, you know, big time soccer, which is there's more money in big time soccer than any than football ever thought about having for Christ's sakes. But this is the way it's been for other sports um, around the globe. I'm glad to see NASCAR go this route. I think it's going to be better off for all the teams, for all the pool money. I think it helps out with TV contracts as well to get more partners involved at that upper level. And I'm glad to see Geico was the first. Hopefully, Monster will stay on because they've done some. They've done a lot of activation out of track, Billy Bradley. But they've lot. They they have brought a lot of energy around, and they've changed some of the yeah. mindset. You look in the stands, you see a different fan in there now that Monster's around. You know, not not as many as you see it at, at obviously a motocross race. But um, I can't say Monster was great for the sport, but they haven't been bad for the sport. They've been just they fine, and I'm dying, right? yeah, they haven't been bad, and that's certainly. In 2016, you know, 17, 18, I mean, it, it, it was nice to have somebody that wasn't bad. Um, but that's a, that's a big Monster, time. And, and pardon the pun, Monster is a monster. Absolutely. They do stuff, and they do stuff well. Yep. And I feel that they have been a great partner for yep. our sport, and they've marketed themselves well. They've marketed the sport well. Yep. And they, you know, they ha- they have a car in the series. They sponsor the series, and yep. their presence is very, very – like they are not cutting any corners on anything, and they've done very well rep, you know, marketing our sport, representing our sport. And, I mean, it, it, it's, I, I kind of like the idea of, you know, Monster Energy Cup, you know, NASCAR yeah. Cup Series. I kind of like that. It's well, the, cool the, the fact of the matter is is that – Thanks to Monster's presence, uh, we got a big cross section, a new cross section of fans that were that would have, you know, not looked at anything. But because Monster was involved in, Monster's involved in all kind of sport racing sports. Yeah. Not not even not just ones with with engines in them either. But Monster is, does a lot in the race community period, and it's it's. This is all to say this is a good thing because if you remember last year, Billy, it was. December or January before Monster announced that they were coming back, that they were going to exercise that option. So this is this is a very good thing. But on the Kansas fellas, Kansas, the the town that's known that. for good barbecue. Um, Rob, Lowe, before we go any farther, do you eat any barbecue while you're up there? Uh, I I may have once or twice, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, a couple times, you know. There's a couple spots out there that uh that'll That'll meet your needs, let's say. Yeah. Um, I've never been to Kansas City, but I want some. Well, you know what? You should go. Yeah. You should go. And and if you're you're into 
barbecue and ribs and and when I say barbecue, that's a noun, not a verb. Yes. Um, <laughs> you, it is a very it's a hot spot. I mean, there there's some really good places out there that you can go and enjoy, and you will get your fill, and you will not be disappointed. Excellent. And, well. And uh, you know what? I, I look at sections of the schedule, and I'm like, man, this is going to hurt the caloric intake here. This is going to hurt the caloric intake here. Because we're yeah. looking at – and I'm just going to just play around with a little food a little bit. We're looking yeah. at Kansas and yeah. Martinsville. And don't get me wrong, I'm a hot dog fanatic. I mean, yeah. let's be serious. I've yeah. eaten several Martinsville hot dogs in one sitting. But we're not going to address <laughs> that right now. Um, but yeah, then you all I know is – We've got a week in between Kansas and Texas. If you're a foodie, yeah. holy Toledo. You know what yeah. I mean? That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Anyway, no, I need to, I need to get up there. Yeah, I, I need to right. get up there. The food is definitely um, something to be worthwhile about. But Kansas, Billy, you know, Jeff Gluck tweeted about, you know, uh, how dangerous Talladega is. And, and we've made the point several times in the last five years, the most dangerous track on a circuit is Kansas Motor Speedway. Um, it's a uh, pretty damn badass fast. And um, it, it's, we saw what happened to Eric Almarola when crashes happened. I mean, uh, Dale Jr. Um, hit the wall up there damn hard, Billy Bradley. And, and it's, Kansas is a fast track. Uh, Chase Elliott won here, I believe, last year, Billy Bradley. We've got a bunch of guys that need a victory, three of them from HMS, and old Clint is my boyer, who has shown some speed on, on mile and a half before, but holy crap, dude. I don't – I mean, it's just going to – this is a race where I'm having a trouble, a hard time trying to figure out just who I want to go with because there's so much at stake, and there's going to be some guys up on the chip maybe overdriving a little bit with a very fast car. And, Billy, that can either be a good thing or that can be a terrible thing, bud. What are you thinking? Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, you just spoke of the four people that needed a win. I'm taking two of those in my picks this week. Oh, who are you taking? Really? Uh, Alex Bowman and Clint uh-huh. Boyer. Holy shit. So you got Bowman the win and Boyer. Hold on. Uh, Bowman the win jot and Boyer. Jot them down Boyer's right now so he doesn't change his mind when we are, are we doing picks right now. I was going to say, you better jot them down so he don't renege. No, he's a pick. These are his picks. You, yeah, use a pen. Make sure you use a pen, not a pencil. <laughs> right I, got, I, got a mulligan. I got a mulligan after last week. The, oh, <laughs> how do you figure? Oh, yeah, I see how you figure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's sick. But that does suck for you, man. I thought for sure you were gonna sneak out that victory. And and I mean all if we were uh if we were like NASCAR, Rob and I would probably just award you the victory because we're inconsistent as hell. I mean, uh uh because NASCAR is inconsistent as hell, we just give you the victory. Um but uh, those are two good picks and listen, Alex Bowman's had a rocket ship here the last handful of races. I don't know why yeah, yeah. anybody would expect him not to have a another fast car. That brings us to you, Rob Lopes. Uh who you got as your winner and your dark horse, pal? My winner, I'm staying with Kevin Harvick and my dark right. horse. Wait wait a minute, who was Billy's dark horse? Uh Clint Boyer. You son of a gun. Okay. <laughs> um all right, I'm going with Harvick. Yeah. 
as my winner. Mm. And here, and you know what? Are you ready for this? Non-playoff. Mm-hmm. Eric Amarola. Damn it! That owes, owes him something. That place owes him something. That's a good that's pick. You, who was your first pick? I just want to make sure I got it. Harvick. Okay, you got the four and the ten. Um, damn, I think those are two good picks, too. Um, you wow, think? Those are two good picks. Yeah. What's know, funny you, is... Dan, you realize uh, you put yourself behind the eight ball by going last every time, right? You understand I, that. Yeah, I like it because it forces me to really think. Um and I have to be very careful with my selections. But you know, you got three of the four SHR cars. I can promise the you. Smoke alarm might go off. I am not taking Daniel Suarez. Okay, I'm, I'm not taking Daniel Suarez. Well, listen, I think um, although Chevy has run very good at this track, a guy like Jimmy Johnson who has had a fast car the last couple of weeks has hasn't been able to, to get a good finish. I think Jimmy Johnson could do well. Um, Kurt Busch is a uh, is a winner this year, but I think he could do well. Kyle Larson could do well. Kyle Larson loves to get on that high line. Brad Keselowski is very interesting to me at this track. Um, nice. Brad Keselowski is, and, and Chase Elliott is very interesting to me, but I'm going to go with Chase Elliott because he has to win. Um, he absolutely has to win. He he won here, I believe, last fall. God, I hope that's right. Um, and I'm going to take Chase Elliott to get up there and get in the victory lane. What's that? Good clutch driver, really good clutch driver. Good clutch you know, driver. When the chips I mean, are down, when the chips are down, good yeah. pick. Billy, I, I want to take Chris Busher so damn bad, it's making me sick. Um, I want to take Chris Busher. He already made his picks, man. No, I just said no. I got. Uh, I'm no. I'm thinking about uh, uh, Chris Busher, but I'm going to do something I've never done before, Billy. I'm taking Ricky Stenhouse Jr. as my dark horse up there. I think Ricky Stenhouse Jr., now that he's signed a contract, I think he's going to get his balls back in between his legs. And I think maybe wow. he comes out there. He's a, he's pretty decent at these at these tracks. I mean, you know, if he keep his head out of his ass, I think he's going to be okay. Um, you don't like that pick, Billy? You think that's a dumb pick? No, I think that's a very dumb pick. All right, well, all I'm going to say is uh, <laughs> Billy, doesn't, Billy doesn't know. He lets it all – he just puts it all out there. Basically, uh, basically it's like that commercial. It's like that commercial when the man says, you know, I think that's a stupid idea. And the next thing yeah. you do, you're walking out the building with a box in your hand. You know <laughs> yeah, I mean? It's basically how we're equating that. Holy Toledo. All I'm See, going to that's say, like, you gotta love Billy Bradley, man. He ain't gonna pull the punches on anybody, man. No, there's no, there's no guessing where Billy Bradley stands on on any issue. But no. I'm gonna tell you this: no. of the of the five playoff races, only one of us has has three uh, three victories here, and uh, and, and, and two of you, two of you have one apiece. So I'm gonna stick with my Ricky yeah. Stenhouse Jr. And uh, listen, if he if he wrecks out on on lap. Whatever I I deserve any bullshit that I get because I'm picking the guy that I pick on the most. Um, right now, on Dan, we wouldn't do that to you at all. Yeah, and we wouldn't do that to you. We we wouldn't ride your ass about a stupid pick. <laughs> no. And I'm not I saying it's stupid by any stretch of imagination. I'm using yeah. Billy's words. Yes, of course. What did you say, Billy? I'm going on record. That I'm Brian France wannabe, and we're we'll changing the rules next year. Your best driver, no matter.
fighter, if it's a dark horse or your winner, the best finish out of those two gets the win. Alright, um, I, uh, there's a motion on the floor. I second it. Um, uh, all in favor say aye. 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 Alright, it's approved unanimously. Alright, so there's our picks. Uh, Billy Bradley, um, I know you, uh, you, you've been in the woods here. You're trying to sneak out in the woods right now if we can ever end this damn podcast, but, uh, um, you guys think good for the community? Excellent. You go, hey, if you shoot something while you're, uh, if you, if you shoot something and, and put it down while you're on the podcast, I think you should get, um, double bonus points. Um, Somehow, I don't know. Maybe you can get half off at the processing plant. But uh, yeah, uh, we need to hear a while he's on the while he's on. You know, while we're recording, we need to hear a pow. Well, you know, uh, you guys doing good for the community? Unless he's shooting out of um, the mouth. Yeah. The this week, and I, it really stuck to me about. It was something in the similarity of uh, why we let just 30 minutes of a bad day ruin the entire day. You know, you've got 23 hours and 30 minutes left. So let that bad moment go as soon as you can that it don't ruin the rest of your day. I mean, you've got 23 hours left to to make that the best part of your day. So don't focus on the bad stuff. Go to the good. All right, so I'm going to translate for everybody that speaks English out there. Billy Bradley said, <laughs> don't let a few ten minutes ruin your yeah. day, not ruin your day. or what? How do how you say that word, Billy? I got you on mute. Ruin your day. Yeah, he, he means ruin. So don't, don't, let, this, don't let those ten words. Oh, God, you you. <laughs> don't let those uh, don't let those ten ten minutes ruin your day. When Rob Lowe tweeted that the other day, I retweeted it and I uh, sent it to my family. And I was like, hey, um, you know, a couple of days this week, we got everybody's got stressful stuff that happens here or there. And uh, at the at the end of the day, if ten minutes ruined your day and the rest of it was great, you're focusing on the wrong things. And uh, I think that's an excellent way to uh, to kick off this week. Uh, Rob, um, be careful up there with your gastrointestinal uh, intake. Um, uh, hope well we for the 16. We, we could have some gastrointestinal Olympics going on in Kansas. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. Good, uh, congratulations. <laughs> and uh, good luck. Stay safe <laughs> on pit road. Billy Bradley, I know you're in the woods um, uh, tracking down your, your big monster. Uh, good luck to you. Farmers, let's go to Kansas. Let's have a safe race. Let's have an exciting race. And let's see who makes the play of the, the round of eight. Y'all have a good week. Talk to y'all later. Thanks for listening to Off the Rails. Take a listen to Dado's new favorite song, Bougie by Mixpack. Can you just like chill for a second and stop being bougie all the dang time? Let's have some fun, all right? Let's go. Bottoms up. Drinks on me. Later on, I'm the party my crib. But this girl on my right shit. Why you got me so bougie? So bougie, bougie. Why you gotta be so bougie? So bougie, bougie. Yeah, 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 yeah. You gotta chill. Need to relax. Not everywhere needs a VIP pass. Keep it up. You'll have no real friends left. Designer girls aren't gonna earn you respect. Just stop. You're being too loud. Your trash talk won't make your mama proud. 
snap, snap, show your picture perfect, they clap. Back up, you ain't even in the limelight. Bottoms up, slow down, slow down. Drinks on me, Later on, after party, my crib. But this girl on my right shit. Why you gotta be so bougie, so bougie, bougie? Why you gotta be so bougie, so bougie, bougie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Girl, you gotta chill. Why you so damn thirsty? Oh, he got a rolly. Now you so damn basic. Man, I ain't saying you a gold digger. But what you doing at SLS when you stay at Azusa? It's okay, not my bitch, so I'm gonna walk away. Got better shit to do than to entertain you. Said she want the Fendi swimsuit with the Fendi shoes. Then she looked at me, I said, you picked the wrong dude. I'm out. Bottoms up, slow down, slow down. Drinks on me, Later on, after party my crib. But this girl on my right shit. Why you gotta be so bougie, so bougie, bougie? Why you gotta be so bougie?